conversations and experiences that lead up to the sermons preached here at First Lutheran Church. This is Pastor Brian. This is Pastor Perry. And today we're working off of uh, Mark, the fourth chapter, uh, verses 1 through 34. And again, he, or Jesus, began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there, while the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. He began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Another seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. And he said, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. When he was alone, those who were around him, along with the twelve, asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside everything comes in parables, in order that they may indeed look, but not perceive, and may indeed listen, but not understand, so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand the parable? How then will you understand the parables? How will you then understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And those that are the ones sown on rocky ground, when they hear the word, they immediately perceive it, receive it with joy. But they have no root and endure only for a while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. Continuing on, verse 21, he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under the bushel basket or under the bed and not on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given you. For those who have, more will be given, and for those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. He also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow and he does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can the 
with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nest in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. All right. So not only did it seem to be a hard text to actually read, (laughs) it seemed to stumble through that a lot. Um, It's got some, some weird stuff in it. I mean, initially when I looked at this and I went, oh, great, parable of the sower. How hard can that be? Oh, parable of the lamp. Great. You know, um, this should be good. Uh, Parable of the mustard seed. Pretty cut and dried. That should be an easy sermon to work with. And then I start to read some of these other lines that then make me go, huh. Such as, um, in order that they may indeed look but not perceive and may indeed listen but not understand so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. Yikes. So what we're talking about here would appear to be um, insiders and outsiders, those who can understand and those who can't understand. But then it gets a little weird because he has to explain everything to the disciples. (laughs) To his insiders, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they aren't getting it either. Um, I I think of parables in some ways like a good children's sermon. You know, it seems simple, and yet the more a person kind of mulls it over or experiences it, it kind of continues to unfold on them. Um, And so there is something about that uh, hiddenness in a sense there, but that in due time um, reveals itself or shows what's at the core. And I kind of think that's, one, the way that these parables work, too, and two, I think probably a lot of about them uh, for the disciples or anyone who was wanting to or listening to or paying attention probably didn't make a whole lot of sense until after um, Christ had died and risen from the dead, at which point it was kind of, oh, thinking back, you know, like, remember when he talked about this happening? Um, and then at that point, uh, it, it kind of dawning on them. You know, I think, where was the line? Verse 22 here, it says, For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Uh, so I must think of like a game of, of hide-and-seek, if you will. You hide, but with the intent of being discovered at some point. So um, Jesus is hiding uh, with the intent of kind of like that, I think of the glee of like a child, you know, it's almost like, yes, I'm hiding, but they kind of giggle because they want to be found at the same time too. So there's sort of a a drawing in that's happening in what Jesus is doing here too. Like, yes, I'm hiding, but with the intent of springing forth with good news at some point, which that's uh, sort of what I'm thinking is, you know, the death and resurrection piece is as you look at the course of Jesus' life and where it goes here, it very much seems like, you know, he's talking about this coming kingdom, but for those around him, especially the way Mark's gospel goes in the second half is just miserable for anybody who's a follower of Jesus at that point. It looks like, ah, oh, this is all, the whole thing's getting plowed under to follow the, the farming metaphor here. Nothing good is going to come of this. And then the resurrection and bam, you know. Hmm. 
Yeah. The one thing that keeps keeps coming up to me or keeps uh, hitting is let anyone with ears to hear listen. And that's said a couple of times in here. And the word listen, what does it really mean to listen? And can we can we hear and still not not listen? And maybe that comes back to that idea of perceiving and really understanding. Um, might be like me uh, listening to somebody else while I'm watching football on TV. <laughs> doesn't doesn't usually go very well. I may be hearing their words, but I'm not um, perceiving what they're really trying to get across to me. I think you you picked something up earlier too, though, that dawned on me. So with the disciples not being able to, or even they're the insiders, and yet they're having to have it explained to them, and even. Uh, as we go on in Mark's gospel, it's clear that what Jesus is saying to them really hasn't registered yet. And so like, that idea of like Jesus is planting seeds, but it doesn't dawn on them until much later. You know, I I doubt that the disciples until well after Jesus is crucified and risen had the ears to hear what he's saying at this point in, in the narrative either that they really knew or understood. I, I guess I think of like an instances in my life where uh, someone has passed on a word of wisdom or uh, I'll use, for example, when we were expecting our first child and everybody kept telling us, oh man, your life is going to change when you when when your first child comes along. And I kept thinking, oh, for crying out loud, what could be so different coming along? What's going to change that much when we have a child? Um, you know, I didn't have the ears for what they were saying at that point. And then uh, when our daughter came along, everything changed. And suddenly I was like, Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah! Okay, <laughs> I That's see what, what they were. I see what about. they were after here. Yes, everything has <clears throat> changed, um, and so I suppose there's an example of sort of seeds being planted. People trying to cue me in on this is coming, uh, this is going to happen, and I didn't have the ears for it uh, until um, I had the ears for it. You know, and I think that's similarly. There's in each of these parables. There's this inevitability of the kingdom coming that. That Jesus is talking here. So typically, you know, I can think back to sermons I've heard in my lifetime, always will talk about, you know, be this kind of soil or work to make yourself to become this sort of soil. And that's always, I think, our human nature, our initial reaction to any parable is, okay, how can I turn this into a to-do list? And we don't have the ears to hear what Jesus is really getting at until we find ourselves in a time or place or situation in our lives where it's clear that no amount of to doing on our part is is going to be able to remedy the situation. You know, when you really stop and look at this parable and you think about soil, you know, Perry, with your farming background, the, the soil itself can't do anything to improve itself. It takes some kind of outside focus or influence. And I think the theme that keeps coming up for me across these parables that Jesus is telling, if we don't take it as this is something for me to do, but instead look at them as God's coming kingdom, and, and here in the, the gospel is that happening through Jesus Christ. It's the inevitability of this kingdom coming into the world, that it can and does overcome anything and everything in order to come for us. And that's I think that's the ears to hear piece of it, too, is the for us, that it's it's something for us, because we've got the demons throughout Mark's gospel who are declaring that they know who Jesus is, but none of them can or do say that Jesus is for them. Now that's 
that's something that we discover in time in our relationship with Jesus, that this good news is for you, listener. You know, that's that's it finally taking root. And I like that in this particular reading that we, we take a lot of verses here. So this is a long reading, but I like to have alongside this parable of the sower, this starting at verse 26, then it says, the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow, and he does not know how. Notice how much involvement the individual has here. The earth produces of itself first the stock, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes out with his sickle because the harvest has come. He, he knows, I didn't have a darn thing to do with this, but I know that fruit is mine. It's, it's for me. You know, and I think there's, again, you think about the story of Christ, there's something really powerful there in Christ's desire to come to you for you and the the ears to hear is to know and believe that it's for you what he's doing here and there's something freeing about that in a world in a life where i think i struggle myself so much with like okay what have i got to do in order to prove myself or make myself or show my worth in this world um and how (laughs) in those trials how often that falls short and then to hear here's something that christ has done for me and I'm going to get the goods. And I didn't do anything to deserve it. If anything, I troubled it more with one thing or another. And nonetheless, here it is for me, for you. Yeah, I like that uh, that idea that, but when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. <laughs> and yeah. and so for me, as as you were talking about that, what what really hit was, you know, all the times in my life where, I mean, I've read scripture and read scripture, but then you hear it or read it, and it's like, wow, that is talking to me today. And it's like the harvest has come. I'm ripe. I'm ready in my hearing to be able to hear this word today, because prior to that, I wasn't, and I wasn't open to that that sense of understanding it. But when that day comes, when that need I have to hear of God's grace or hear God's word for me, when I'm when I'm ripe, when I'm ready, uh, then then the harvest of that word or that seed will be able to happen and can impact my life, which I think helps me to to understand a little bit better uh, twenty one through twenty five, where it's talking about the lamp. Um, being put under the bushel basket. Um, it says, For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. So those verses that we don't fully understand and fully comprehend at this point in their due season, in their time of harvest for us, they will come to light, and they will be understood, and they will impa- impact us at that at that point. Even as you get to verse 25, where it says, For those who have, more will be given. And from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away from them. To me, that's when you can see what the Word is doing and how the Word is impacting your life, more will be given. We will understand more of it as we are in that that stage of ripeness for that, that particular time point. Um, and for those who don't see anything, uh, even even what they think they see will be taken away and will become clouded and, and confused. Because I know there are, there are some texts where I read them and I'm just going, 
yeah, okay, I have no clue <laughs> what that what that means. And then there's other texts that that have just become uh, a part of who I am because of the things that I've gone through. Uh, creepiness of our of our cell phones, where we'll be talking about something, and then all of a sudden in the Facebook feed or uh, somewhere on an ad will pop up essentially what we've been talking about. And it's like, wow, look at that. That just came from out of nowhere when I needed to hear that. And so the logarithms or whatever our phones are doing listening to us um, are saying, oh, uh, Perry's talking about weddings. We better send him some some <laughs> some uh, sites to go for tuxes and for dresses and for wedding planners. <laughs> yeah. Even though it may be a pre-marriage couple that I'm talking to, and I have no need of wedding you don't dresses. Need it. <laughs> I have no need of wedding dresses or tuxes, and so when you need it, you'll you'll see it. And so the question is: is is it the phone doing that? Is it the Google saying, "Oh, I hear him talking about weddings," or is it me with the focus of weddings starting to see the things around me that pertain to weddings? What has been a time for you when maybe you were seeking, you were searching, and all of a sudden you you read a verse or you hear a sermon, and uh, that that word came to you and delivered or brought hope? Because I think there's a lot of lot of stories in that. At least I know in my life there there are where I needed I needed to hear a specific verse at a specific time, and it came. Or when I heard that verse, it was the hope or the understanding that I really needed. Another question I kind of have tied to this parable, and I'll read it again as as a reminder, verse 26 here, the kingdom of God is if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow, and he does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes with the sickle because the harvest has come. Just wondering if there's a time or instance in your life when you've you've been the benefactor of something of which you had nothing to do with it coming about. You know, we live in a culture that's so bent on uh, being self-made, pull your bootstraps up, and and so on and so forth. And so, um, when have you, you know, if you stop and think about it, when have you been a benefactor of something that you had absolutely nothing to do with bringing it about? And then, how does that make you feel about? whatever it was that you received. What do you want to do with that, whatever it is that you have gained without having done anything to earn it? Mm-hmm.